Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina as round one of the Tobacco Road rivalry goes to the Tar Heels. Welcome to 125 Unfiltered. You already know I had to talk about UNC Duke from Saturday night. What a win for the Tar Heels. We're going to break down everything that happened in this game. We're also going to talk about just the atmosphere in the Dean Dome. Probably the best game I've ever been to in terms of game environment. It was loud every single second and Got to talk about the storming to Franklin Street. We're going to talk about this entire day pretty much because when we win in Chapel Hill, Franklin Street is live. Uh, again, before before I start, um, I guess let's just talk game environment. I have never seen the Dean Dome or hear the Dean Dome be this loud for every second of the game. It was incredible. Every bu- Every bucket. Every loose ball, every defensive stop, the Dean Dome was roaring. I mean, it it was a spectacle. It was a sight to see. There was not a single person sitting in their chair during the during the game. Everyone was standing, and I mean, I think that was a huge factor probably for UNC because in that second half, Duke was uh, trying to make that second half push, and UNC just kept throwing back. And throwing haymakers right back at Duke. And such a fun game. I was I was able to watch with a couple friends. Able to watch with my brother. That was really special. Um, and to win, uh, win that game at home during my senior year. I have to say. Not to get too sentimental. But it was special. That was a special one. Winning the Final Four. Uh, beating Duke at Cameron in Coach K's last game. Those are obviously historic victories. In the rivalry, but this one personally hits a little bit different, even than the Final Four one, just because it, uh, seeing it in person for the first time, or I went last year, but we lost, seeing a win against Duke in the Dean Dome for the first time, that was really, really, really special, and definitely something I know me and probably a lot of other seniors uh, alongside me will remember for a long time. Let's hop into the game though. UNC wins 93 to 84. It was the first top 10 clash since 2019, I believe, with the Zion Williamson versus Kobe White teams. Uh, UNC got out to a 10 point lead at halftime. Uh, it was led by Baycott and and Harrison Ingram, and then Duke and UNC was going back and forth uh, in the second half. But uh, Carolina was able just to make enough shots, and Duke just could not guard up. Uh, whether it's Baycott or Ingram, and RJ got loose towards the end of that game. Uh, a, just a complete performance from the Tar Heels. Uh, Baycott, I owe him an apology. He definitely wasn't listening, but maybe he heard me through some some teleport. I don't, I don't even know. Because last episode, I said he wasn't a dog, and. My goodness, he proved me and probably a lot of other UNC fans and maybe even Duke fans wrong. 25 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 10 of 13 from the field. Armando Baycott was the best player on the floor Saturday night. And and when people say he should be up in the rafters or uh, considered one of the most legendary Tar Heels of all time, this victory is a huge reason why I now, buy, now I now buy it. And I know I'm switching up really hard, but when you put up that type of performance against not only your rival, but in a dude in Kyle Filipowski who last year kind of got the best of him. 
He had 22 points last year. He had 22 this year, but uh, I think he had to work a lot harder for it. But defensively, Filipowski was no match for Baycott. And like he said, the ACC runs through Baycott. Uh, just an outstanding game. He was decisive. He was aggressive. We got him touches from the jump. Uh, Hubert Davis, I mean, first off, just a masterclass coaching, uh, but he did a great job emphasizing we are going to get Armando the ball early. I think at eight points really early in that game. We went to him in crunch time. He made some amazing passes. Those two RJ Davis threes uh, and the Seth Trimble give and go cut. Great passes by Baycott. Great looks. Big men don't make those plays. And we've seen flashes uh, of Baycott being a, a much better passer than in years past. But, I mean, 25-10-5. That is surgical. He was, he was incredible. Uh, and again, said he wasn't a dog. He showed. He's a dog. He might have been the biggest dog out there because he showed that that was his court that that night, it was his team, and we in a game where we needed him the most, especially with R.J. Davis uh, being face-guarded and double-teamed by the Blue Devils, Baycott really lifted the team up, uh, and the, with the uh, getting to the line, he got to the line seven times, uh, being on the boards, he was, uh, I mean, the post moves were great, and then obviously, you gotta love the little too-small celebration, that's a go-to for him, but he wasn't alone, Harrison Ingram or Harrison Himgrum, as fans have called him. Uh, 21 points, 13 rebounds, 8 of 12 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3-point range, 4 steals. I mean, just a do-it-all player, having a do-everything type performance. He was hitting some in- insane shots. The the catch-and-shoot, no hesitation from the 3 with Roach in his face. The mid-range fadeaways, uh, I mean, we haven't really seen him hit those mid-range jumpers in a few games now. Ingram was awesome. He was so good that first half when, when again, RJ had four points at halftime and we were up 10. Ingram had 11 points at half. And that, he, throughout the game, especially when, off out of that second half when Duke, you knew they were going to make a push. They were, they were going to come out with some adjustments offensively to try and get that offense going, which they did, but Ingram just responded with big shot after big shot. Five threes, good to see the ball go into the net for him from long distance. He's a 40% three-point shooter on the season. There were questions about the wrist injury, but this game, Harrison Ingram was a stud. His best game probably uh, as a Tar Heel, which if him and Baycott are going to combine for 46 points, and RJ still has 17. I mean, that that's that's the winning formula right there. That that is a complete team win. Uh, so Harrison was just so so good again, aggressive early. Uh, and I guess we'll go into get how we'll tie RJ Davis and how Duke's defense played Saturday night into the same thing because. Duke did, for the most part, do a great job on RJ. They put Tyrese Proctor on him and face guarded him. They put Mark Mark Mitchell there. They gave him a lot of attention on the pick and rolls. They even had Filipowski go out and hedge really hard. But I feel like what that did is it let everyone else for UNC get going. It gave Harrison open looks. It gave Baycott room to operate inside. He was one-on-one a lot of the times down low, whether it was Filipowski or whether it was a mismatch, and he made the right play over and over and over again. And in that second half, it was only a matter of time for R.J. Davis to get 
a couple good looks from three-point range, which, which obviously he nailed at very timely points in the game. The, the second one obviously being with two minutes and 30 seconds left to go up 13, which really was the nail in the coffin, uh, minus the all the, the some of the BS ref calls, which we don't need to talk about because it, ju- it just didn't matter. Uh, but I think once RJ settled into the game, I thought he was great. He was, I feel like he was like forcing it maybe uh, uh, after he had those four points early, uh, maybe hunting a shot to get himself going, and Duke played him really, really tough and really tight. But once he realized, okay, we're going to let Harrison and Armando do their thing, they're the leaders tonight on the offensive end, and I'm going to find my shots off the ball, which it would seem like the same play. Cadeau set that screen at the top of the key. RJ comes around to the left wing, catch and shoot from Baycott, and it's money. Uh, I mean, RJ was... I, I think a very, even though it was 5 of 14, a very, like, poised 17 and 5. Cause, and, and it wasn't perfect for RJ. Uh, he had, he, I mean, that shot that got blocked by Mark Mitchell. I, again, forcing it just a little bit, but he settled in, I think, like, after that. And, and then he was great. And then, obviously, going 5 of 6 from the free throw line, making free throws down the stretch, that's that's huge. This team had 18 assists. Uh, Cormac Ryan hit two threes. Again, a very timely times in the game I know Cadeau went one for nine but I thought he was good Seth Trimble should not have taken me this long to get to Seth Trimble 10 points five of nine from the field he was incredible he was awesome off the bench five I mean five solid layups at the rim he was aggressive he didn't just kind of hang in the air he was ready for contact I he, he was so smart and those 10 points off the bench were huge and he's gotten so good at even if teams give him space pump fake and drive He's decisive. He's he's looking for shots. He's not ready to give it up. And that is what was so impressive. And in a game where Seth played 19 minutes to Cadeau's 23 because Seth was needed out there defensively to kind of slow down Roach when he was going and slow down a Jared McCain, Seth Trimble was uh, as elite as it gets. And that's exactly what you want from your bench. Uh, even Withers and Washington had two points each, 14 bench points compared to to Duke's six. Uh, the Tar Heels just beat Duke in every facet of the game. That's really what it comes down to. And I predicted a six-point win for UNC. I think from from November, I was confident that UNC was going to win this game, probably after the Tennessee game, because I love the way we match up. And like I predicted, I feel like, I don't think Duke's three-guard lineup was able to guard UNC. Because Filipowski, he's playing the five, but like he's really a four- and then Mark Mitchell, well, he's playing the four, but he's really a three. And Proctor, you know, it kind of just keeps going up. Proctor's playing the three, but he's really like a point guard or a two, uh, even though he's 6'5". Duke is just a smaller team. And even though UNC only won the rebound battle by one, it still feel, felt like UNC was the bigger, more physical team. They won every 50-50 ball. Um, that's the thing. A... a a controlling team win. I'm not going to use the word dominant because because it was within ten to eight points, uh, ten to eight points throughout the second half. It wasn't a blowout, but UNC controlled the tempo and the pacing of this game pretty much from start to finish, and that's what was so impressive that this team, who obviously the fear in these games, are they going to lose a lead again to to Duke? We've seen it in the past. Um, more most notably the the Cole Anthony team, but. This team was able to resist Duke's runs, 
And then again, just keep making buckets. I mean, it, when it was like 70 something to like 60 something, when it was around t- like 76, 66, I was like, UNC is going to need to score a few more buckets to win this game. And they just never slowed down. 50% from the field, 38% from three. Uh, 18 of 25 from the free throw line. Uh, like I said, 18 assists to Dukes, eight. Only five turnovers to Dukes, 10. Um, and from the UNC side, I, I think. I feel like that, that really sums it up because, again, offense was incredible. Duke could not guard. I actually thought UNC defensively did a great job. Duke only shot 26% from three-point range. Um, So, I, I've again, again, Hubert coached a fantastic game. Everyone just played well. And when that happens, the sky's the limit for this team. I actually want to talk about Duke now because I want to give my perspective. If there are any Duke listeners out there, Again, I predicted this win for UNC, but I was not incorrect about some things. Uh, make fun of him all you want. Me I, me included. I do it too. Two days into college, whatever. Jeremy Kane's really good. We got to give him his props. 23 points, 11 rebounds, shot 9 of 18 from the field, made two threes, two steals. Uh, he actually led the team in rebounds. Jared McCain is going to be dangerous come come March time because this team's obviously gonna make the tournament uh he he was great and I was and that's that's why I was a little worried throughout that game because I was like McCain is really getting going end of the first half he had five really quick points and they they uh had a couple transition threes for him and he was getting to the rim McCain was the best player on the floor for Duke Roach like I said 20 points uh or I mean like I said from last episode he was gonna get his numbers 20 points he always does Roach always finds a way. 9 of 16. Filipowski, 22 and 5. 9 of 17 from the field. 1 of 6 from 3. Uh, I I don't think it was a great 22 in my opinion. I, I thought... I just felt like Baycott's buckets were more significant than Filipowski. Uh, like, I felt like McCain and Roach's were, were more important. Um, those three guys were in uh, the 20s. Tyrese Proctor. I'm laughing. Dude is soft. And this is where I had to maintain my professionalism because Tyrese Proctor is just not built for it. And I feel like this is kind of what I predicted. Now, defensively, he was good. But offensively, I knew that he is not aggressive. He doesn't know how to look, like absorb contact. He's not physical. And he's, he's not really looking to score at times. On those pick and rolls, he was never looking to shoot. Two points, two assists, one of six. That's not a lottery pick. I, I've I've never understood the Tyrese Proctor hype. I think it's just because he had a much better end to last year. Just a complete no-show on the offensive end. Mark Mitchell, I know he had 11 points. I, I just don't think he was much of a difference maker. Cale Foster off the bench, 19 minutes, four points. That's the thing. Those three guys just did not step up enough. Mitchell maybe a little bit, but Tyrese Proctor was horrible. I don't care how good he was defensively on RJ because RJ ended up with 17 points. Uh, he's not the only reason he lost the game because I think Filipowski defensively was was like getting just destroyed by Baycott. He was just getting bodied. But, hey, I said it in my Instagram post. If, if, if someone ain't acting hard, just call him Tyrese Proctor. He, he was abysmal I think and and I I don't understand 
how he's a projected lottery pick. Jared McCain is better. Jeremy Roach is better. I know NBA skills, 6'5", but he didn't even attempt a three. He's like close to a 39, 40% three-point three shooter. So I, maybe that's a John Shire thing. Um, but yeah, Proctor Proctor's bad. And, and thankfully for, for UNC, um, because with, with McCain getting going, uh, and those three guys being in the twenties, uh, it, it could have gone the other way very easily, but thankfully I, I think the heel did enough defensively. Again, I, I know Duke shot 51%, but holding them to five of 19 from three point range was, was the most important defensive stat of the night because where's this Duke team really dangerous three pointers, especially in transition and UNC did a really good job of running them off the three point line, especially when we hit nine, three pointers, if they're going to make twos, we made threes. Uh, I don't want to repeat myself, but this game was so satisfying because they're even with the flagrant one on RJ, which I don't even understand how that's a flagrant, but Filipowski hitting RJ Davis in the face is not, but you know, uh, you know, ref show, that's how it goes. This game there, there was no controversy that mattered. There was not a ton of foul trouble. UNC just outplayed Duke. And winning the game in that fashion is, it makes it so much sweeter. Same thing happened in the Final Four. We just outplayed them. UNC, once again, they they controlled the narrative of this game. It was their game the entire way. It never really felt like UNC was in serious danger of actually losing the game. There were moments where it could have gotten a lot closer and it was up for grabs, but UNC was in the driver's seat for 39 minutes of that game the last 39 minutes of that game to be specific. And you've got to attribute every single person who played in that game, that 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 eight. Thank God no, there was no Paxson Wojcik. But those eight did, uh, they all did their part. They they played, I mean, even guys like Washington and Weathers. They had valuable minutes, give the stars a break. Um, but yeah, uh, before I end the episode and before my voice goes out, where does UNC now stack up in terms of national competition? Because obviously we have kind of the fluky loss to Georgia Tech, but we beat number seven Duke. That's a top 10 win. That's a quad one win. And we stayed at number three in the AP poll. I still think that Purdue and UConn are in a tier of their own and UNC is just under them. Watching UConn and Purdue play, uh, I'd I'd have UConn at one. I saw them play St. John's. Man, they, I mean, UConn is really good. Donovan Klingon is, I mean, I know Zach Eady being 7'4 is just such a size problem. Klingon's 7'2, but he's so great defensively, and if he doesn't get in foul trouble, he is game-altering on that end of the floor. Tristan Newton's obviously one of the best guards, or one of the best point guards in, in America. Cam Spencer is literally Cormac Ryan, but just a little more consistent of a shooter. Uh, Cam, I mean, I know we don't love Cam Spencer because he was kind of talking his talk against us when we played UConn, but uh, I gotta say, Cam, Cam Spencer can really, really hoop, good score, great shooter, and I, I admire his journey a bit because I remember the first game I filmed for UNC Basketball for Sports Extra, we played Loyola, Maryland, and Cam Spencer was on that Loyola, Maryland team, he goes to Rutgers, now he's playing at UConn, and he just does all those little things. He's even though he's a bit of an instigator, he's he's a he's a firecracker, and he's he's gonna ignite that team passion wise. And uh, they even won that without Caravan. And Stefan Castle 
the freshman really, he had 21 points. He was so crafty. Uh, I know I'm kind of, I guess, going on about how good UConn is when this is mainly about UNC, but I think it goes to show that I just think even as complete of a team I think UNC is, I do think UConn, uh, personnel-wise, just has just a, a step up, uh, and they're extremely physical, and they obviously beat us. And then for Purdue, Zach Eady's just a cheat code. I, I I don't even know what you do to guard him. He He's so dominant. Wisconsin actually played him really well, but uh, they, they fell by six points, I believe. Braden Smith, an underrated point guard. Now, I don't know if Purdue is going to have the athleticism to win six in March, Lance Jones certainly helps that. He's their X factor because he's their big athletic wing. He's like six 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 seven. He can score, but he also will guard the other team's best player. Uh, they didn't have that dimension last year. That means they're also asking less of Fletcher Lawyer. Uh, and and the things for for Purdue, it's all about March. It's all about March. But in the regular season, they're going to win the Big Ten regular season and uh, uh, Big Ten tournament title. Uh, that, that's not a debate, but. I think I'm more confident in those two teams right now in terms of who's the best in the country. I still put UNC third. Kansas obviously lost last night to uh, to Kansas State. And I, I really do think UNC is at the top of that second tier, uh, whether it's Tennessee in there or Houston. Uh, I know uh, I've been high on Kentucky, but they've lost two straight. UNC is is sitting pretty as a top three team in the country. And how fun is that, Tar Heel Nation? How fun is that? So, we can't get ahead of ourselves after the win against Duke. Not that anybody really is, because I think fans have been relatively realistic to this point. We don't jump up to being the best team ever, or the best team in this season. But I think this does cement us after a rough couple performances against Georgia Tech and Florida State. This cements UNC as a top three team. And obviously, uh, going through the ACC should be the front runner to win both the regular season and tournament title. Uh, now, it does get tougher. UNC plays Clemson tonight. Um, last time, it was a defensive showdown. The Heels did a great job, though, kind of containing P.J. Hall and Joe Girard, but Clemson's not going to shoot one of 18 from three-point range again, so uh, that that'll UNC is going to need to bring their A A game defensively yet again uh, because and they only scored 65 last time. Clemson's and they're desperate. They've lost six of nine. Then they play Miami on Saturday, uh, who looked horrible last night against Virginia. Then we play at Syracuse, home against Virginia Tech, and then at Virginia, who is sneakily. Not only becoming a, a lock for a tournament team, but maybe only three ACC losses, depending on how, uh, if hopefully you can see, can keep keep up their, their strong start or just strong performances in ACC play. But going to Virginia, that that's going to be a tough game. We never play good in, in John Paul Jones Arena. I can't, can't even remember the last time we've won there. Um, that'll be a very difficult game. And then obviously uh, we get to the end of the season. Miami, Florida, NC State, Notre Dame, and then at Duke. Uh, who we play in a little more than a month. That's going to do it. That's going to do it for the UNC Duke recap episode. 
Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this I, I'm glad I was able to get to this. If you want to see more content, go to UNC Sports Extra. We had a show all about the game and all the festivities on Franklin Street. Uh, go to uh, Sports Extra on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, I also posted about it on LinkedIn if you want to find me there. Uh, not to just kind of throw in a plug or everything, but uh, we've I've, I've been able to put out a lot of content regarding this game on other platforms, and I would love for you to go be able to check it out. Uh, and obviously talking, uh, UNC basketball is what I love to do, especially when this team is just so much fun. So thank you so much for listening. Raw, raw Carolina. And I will talk to you next time.